For a bit of the change for this, for my show, for those of you who've been listening to me for years, you'll kind of know I do this occasionally. I went through the literature and I've got worse than ever into my eco ideas because of the, the whole war situation and we're trying to drill where we shouldn't again just because the excuse is we got to have the oil. Well, we do, but we also got to think about tomorrow. We're not doing that very good. So anyway, this is a list of six eco-friendly presidents. And I tried my best not to get on one side of the fence or the other. I went to find the presidents that did the most for our environment, at least in pretty much recent times. Although you've got to include a couple from years pretty far gone by. Let's start looking in the past and then we'll work way up to the current uh, historical times. Gotta start with Thomas Jefferson. Jefferson was president long before there was much thought given to the environment itself. Yet, he was a man deeply aware of the importance of nature. He really did love nature. In 1806, he wrote to Edmund Bacon, we must use a good deal of economy in our wood, never cutting down new where we can make the older do. Besides being one of the most important political minds, he was also a writer, architect, philosopher, horticulturist, inventor, and archaeologist who could think big pictures over the long term. The expedition undertaken at his behest was called the Lewis and Clark Expedition and was responsible for greatly increasing what we knew about American native wildlife and people of the time. Next in chronological order is Theodore, quote-unquote, Teddy Roosevelt. He served as president for two terms between 1901 and 1909. He grew up wealthy, but he had a severe case of asthma when he was young, and it left him plenty of time to study nature and natural history. Fortunately, he eventually overcame his asthma and also became a renowned sportsman, hunter, and a boxer of all things. He earned accolades on the battlefields during his time as a soldier, and when President William Kinley was assassinated in 01, he became president at 42 years old, the youngest person to serve as U.S. president. Roosevelt created the first national bird preserve at Pelican Island, Florida, of no other national preserve had ever been established prior to that time. He also established the U.S. Forest Service and created more than 190 million now, 190 million acres of new national forest parks and monuments. Besides being one of the greenest presidents, I found this interesting, Roosevelt was arguably the toughest. Once after, he was shot by a would-be assassin, but he surmised that the bullet didn't really penetrate his lung. <laughs> so he went on to give his speech with blood flowing over his shirt and his clothes, and of course went to the hospital after collapsing and got fixed back up to finish his presidency. And not too long after Teddy served, a relative of his, uh, he was, I think, this guy's fifth cousin, but they were cousins, was Franklin Delano Roosevelt, known as FDR. He was the 32nd president of the United States. He was a central figure in some of the key events of the 20th century, including the Great Depression, World War II, and the establishment of the Civilian Conservation Corps, which provided work for millions of unemployed people who 
uh, on that tour being paid by the government planted billions, not millions, billions of trees, built hiking trails, cleaned up streams, and constructed more than 800 parks across the United States, many of which ended up becoming either state or national parks. So overall, he probably did about as much good as Teddy did. Teddy just got better known for it, but he was always conscious of the environment. Next on my list is Lyndon Baines Johnson, the 36th president of the United States. Of course, became president when John F. Kennedy was assassinated in 1963. Johnson was reelected to the office in 64 and set about enacting what he called the Great Society Plan. It was a broad package of proposals and laws intended to end poverty and racial injustice, but the package also had a strong environmental focus and was responsible for the creation of the Wilderness Act of 1964, the Endangered Species Preservation Act in 1966, the National Trail System Act in 68, and the Land and Water Conservation Act of 1965. And he was followed as a president by Richard Nixon. Though Richard Milhouse Nixon, folks, is best known for the Watergate scandal that led to resignation and defined the presidency. He was also one of the most environmental U.S. presidents we've had. Nixon became president in 68, eight years after losing the first battle for presidency in 1960 to JFK. Despite his negative reputation on the left side of the political aisle, we'll call it, Nixon did a lot of positive things for the environment. We can thank him for creating the EPA, which I still, well, it's not being used like it used to be and like it should be now, but it was a great idea, as well as signing the Marine Mammal Protection Act in 72, the Safe Drinking Water Act in 1974, and very important to me, the Endangered Species Act in 1973. And finally, there's Jimmy Carter. I happen to be from Georgia, folks. Jimmy Carter was born and raised on a farm in Plains, Georgia, not too far from where I grew up. I uh, had a real appreciation for nature and felt a real need to protect it. As the 39th president of the United States, he accomplished a great deal of an for the environment, including expansion of the national park systems, the establishment of a national energy policy, which we never had before, and the creation of the Department of Energy. Incidentally, I like this. He put solar panels on the roof of the White House. Unfortunately, the next president to come along, and I just throw this in for you, was Reagan, and he tore it all down. Reagan didn't give a flip. He didn't even know there was an environment. Sorry to hear that. I did probably closest to a Republican president I've ever voted for. In decades since his presidency, Carter has built a reputation as a humanitarian, a champion for social justice, and a real peacekeeping advocate. And I was fortunate enough to meet him when I was a Kerrville newspaper photographer many years ago from Kerrville, Texas, and he came to build houses for poor people, I guess is the easy way to say it, in the city of Kerrville. So anyway, I, uh, he was never recommended as one of our best or most famous presidents, but he was a heck of a humanitarian. So that's kind of a rundown on the presidents. I had something totally new for this kind of, I am an organic show. I am an organic gardening and living show, but all this ties together. And I decided the responsibility of somebody as high up as the president needs to be looked at. And we're not very doing a good job. I'm unhappy right now with Biden. He just gave away 150,000 acres for uh, fracking, uh, drilling, 
mining, and just po generally poisoning it. And there's still not a good laws on the book to make these people clean this mess up. They just cover it up and walk on. And who knows where the poison's going to be in 15 years, 20 years, 30 years when our kids are grown. And the pity of that is, folks, they don't care. They care about their next election two, four, six years away, have no concept about what they're doing to the environment, and don't give a damn. I do. I care about my kids and my grandkids, and you should too. And the only way to do it is we're going to have to bite the bullet at some time to take care of this energy problem. We have the energy available. Wind, solar, uh, geothermal, hydrogen, and there's actually even some other sources that are coming down the lane that, well, actually, we already know the technology to do them. We just have to put them in action. So, yes, we can do something about it. No, people in the government really don't have one interest because all they're worried about is the next election. With a few exceptions, you named me the politicians. You're telling me they're actually looking down the road into some sort of future unless it puts money in their pocket. For the end of this part of the show for this week, let's talk about something a little bit lighter uh, and something that I, I hate to say this, we don't have to think about so much. But all of it does need to be considered, folks. We just can't live in our little eggshell, our little bubble, and, and uh, not be aware that what we're doing is catastrophic down the road if we don't start changing our ways. With warm weather in summer, as far as I'm concerned, actually here, the one thing that comes up, especially when we have our little rainy spells, are fleas and ticks. I'm anti-DEET. You can go to all the consumers' reports. You can read all you want. They can tell you how safe it is. But if you go into independent studies from a number of universities and other places, uh, being from South Georgia, I'll use this word, it ain't a good idea. What you want to look for that does work because a lot of the botanicals are ripoffs also. They put stuff in them that sound like they're great, but they're proven not to be very effective. But there are some that are as effective in general studies as DEET and one heck of a lot safer for you, your children, especially young children, and in some cases your pets. Let me recommend a few by name, but first what you want to really be looking for on the label now, it has to state this as one of two things. One is a plant-based repellent that really works and works very well, and it's called picaridin. Let me spell that so you'll know, but you'll know once you see it. Picaridin or picaridin. P-I-C-A-R-I-D-I-N. Picaridin. P-I-C-A-R-I-D-I-N. The other proven natural product that seems to work very well on some people is called oil of lemon eucalyptus. Oil of lemon eucalyptus, they actually shorten it, it's capital O-L-E. It has its own acronym. In the right percentage, about 30%, so it takes a pretty good load. Works very well for most people. Picaridin works the best at 20%, but there's one from the off family, and I don't usually like off, but there's an off family care insect repellent eight, they call it with picaridin. And it's only 10%, but seems to work as well as, or better on some people than DEET does. It's first about the same amount of money, so you're not saving money, but you're certainly putting something, especially on your children, that's safer than uh, DEET products. 
I don't usually recommend brand names, but these particular products are difficult to find. So I'm going to give you a few names that if you find them, they've already been tested even by Consumer Reports, which basically thinks DEET's the best thing on earth, but they have recommended these following products. Natropel brand tick and insect repellent and Sawyer brand premium insect repellent. Next is the Off Family uh, product that I mentioned, Off Family Care Insect Repellent, 8th with Picaridin. And then there's a couple with the uh, Lemon Eucalyptus I mentioned, that 30% that is considered very, very safe and very, very effective. One is Natropel or Natropel Lemon Eucalyptus Insect Repellent. And the other recommendation is Rapel, R-A-P-E-L, Lemon Eucalyptus Insect Repellent. So those are ones I'd trust that have been tested by independents rather than, you know, the people that make them and would be safe for your children and I think a heck of a lot better to have around than, than DEET products. Look up the MSDS, Material Safety Data Sheet and some stuff on it. It goes through your skin. It's not supposed to be put on children. It tells you to only not to put it on you directly on your skin, but to put it on your clothes. Anyway, if you read all of it, you wouldn't put it on your kids. Anyway, those are my recommendations. Thanks for turning into Organic Matters again this week. I hope I hit some subjects you have some interest in. One thing I can honestly tell you is I try to do what I know will be good for us down the road. So just keep listening for me to Organic Matters wherever you find it.